Join me as we skip to the end of a book. Not the ending of the story, but further in the path, almost by the back cover, The Acknowledgements. I've always been fascinated by The Acknowledgements and find myself asking questions I wish I had the answers to. Are the people they thanked still in their lives? Do they regret not including someone? What's the meaning behind this inside joke or story? Well, now I finally get the answers to my questions. In this podcast, I'll talk to the authors and explore the acknowledgements. So flip to the back of the book with me and let's start there. Hi, Jessica. Welcome to the acknowledgements. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm thrilled to have you and talk about you as an author and about your books, including the book that I read, which is Make Me Disappear. So I'd love for you to give a summary, kind of tell us what this book is about. Yeah, I'd love to. So Make Me Disappear is my debut novel. It came out in 2022. Had to think about it for a second. And it is a domestic suspense type thriller. It is about a woman who decides to fake her own kidnapping to escape her sociopathic, narcissistic boyfriend. And nothing goes as planned (laughs) to summarize shortly. But uh, yeah, the main character, her name is Noelle and she is a Seattle-based nurse and she is dating like the most eligible bachelor at the hospital, so to say. And he's like this handsome doctor who everyone loves. His name is Daniel. And at first everything is great, but what's going on behind closed doors is not so great. He has become increasingly controlling and is like tracking her every movement And he like knows everybody. He has like friends in high places. So it really is her last resort to arrange for her own kidnapping to get away from him. But when she does, she quickly realizes that this fake kidnapping has turned real. And she's pretty sure that he's behind it and that she's still within his grasp. So she decides the only way to escape him is to turn the table on him. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) You gotta read the book (laughs) to find out what happens next. But it was a really really fun book to write. This is the book that got me my agent and my first publishing deal. And it's just been a great year since it came out. Well, I definitely was feeling the suspense and had a couple of late nights, only two, because I read it so quickly (laughs) because it definitely had some twists and turns and I really wanted to figure out what was going on. So I was excited to get to the end figure that out, which I hadn't known it was going in that direction. Awesome. And then also, of course, to get to the acknowledgements. And there was definitely a few along with the story, your acknowledgements also fascinated me. So I'm going to jump right into those. Yeah, let's do it. So one of the acknowledgements I wanted to ask you about was about Carol. So in your acknowledgements, You say, Carol, you have been a close friend and like a second mom. You were my very first reader and have always encouraged and loved me unconditionally. I don't know who I would be without you. And I'm just so curious about Carol. Oh my gosh. I would love to tell you about Carol. What a great place to start. So my my mom died when I was a child and Carol was her best friend. And they had made a pact that if anything ever happened, that they would like help take care of the other person's children. And I mean, I had a father, it's not like I was, you know, orphaned or anything, but she was just amazing. Like she checked in every, you know, she lived on the other side of the country, but she still checked in regularly and called. And when she visited town, came to see me when I was in middle school, she was the only, you know, cause in, when you're, 
first becoming a writer, you're so self-conscious of your writing, especially in middle school. I mean, in middle school, you're self-conscious of everything. And she, I trusted her to read those early, really awful things that I wrote. <laughs> and she was so incredibly encouraging and loving. And she still like has some of those early stories that I wrote, you know, when I was 13, 14. So flash forward, she's just... I'm in my thirties now and she's always been there for me. She's the person I called after my first breakup. She is like a grandmother to my daughter and she's just a wonderful person. And she always wants the latest update on my publishing career. And, and she, you know, read an early version of make me disappear. And she's just an incredibly special person in my life. And I'm so grateful to have her. I love that so much. And I'm glad I started with Carol. (laughs) Uh, so tell me more about your, your t- talking about writing stories in middle school. Was that as part of school or was that just something you were doing because it was an interest to you? It's kind of what I did to avoid life, I think, or at least avoid school. <laughs> <laughs> I always had a notebook I carried around and wrote in and some of it was diary and some of it was, you know, writing little stories. I still have them somewhere. I kind of want to find them. I kind of don't. But yeah. I kind of want you to find them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I've always written and it's always just been a big part of who I am. And it was something I did a lot in middle school, you know, once I finished the assignment, but also kind of, I, I'm not quite sure how to explain it. It was just, I think middle school is a weird, lonely time and it made things feel more normal to me, I guess, in a way. No, that that totally makes sense. As you're talking about those feelings, it's reminding me, honestly, what reading has always been for me in yes. so many ways, like an escape or a safety net. So um, it sounds like writing was that for you. Yeah, no, I think that's a great way to put it. And so one of your other acknowledgements is actually the person that connected us who appears on a previous podcast, and that is Jamie Lynn Hendricks. And there you say to Jamie Lynn Hendricks, who I was lucky enough to befriend when I was still a baby writer, who mentored and wrote with me and who I consider a dear friend. You said from day one that I would make it and I'll never forget that. So how did you and Jamie connect and tell me more about how she's been a mentor to you? So Jamie and I connected on Twitter of all places. (laughs) And we got to chatting and she had looked at some of my pages and given me feedback and I'd offered to look at some of hers and we just really clicked as critique partners. And when you're, you know, exchanging writing, often there's a lot of conversation going on in addition to that. So we just became good friends. And then as far as the writing goes, she, at the time she was agented, but did not have her first publishing deal yet. She has two books out now and a third is getting ready to come out. She's been very successful. But when you're a new writer, you kind of don't know if you're any good. Even if you think you're good, even if people have told you your whole life, oh, you're such a good writer. Like you almost don't believe it. So to have another writer, one who had like been good enough to get an agent to say, you are so close. I have no doubt that, you know, you're going to get an agent, you're going to get published was just such a good uplifting feeling. And I mean, I think part of being a writer is believing in yourself, but it's always nice when someone else believes in you as well. And Jamie always believed in me and 
I really needed that. I think we all need someone. I'm actually getting ready to start serving as a mentor for AWP because I, that was such a profound part of my writer life to have her, you know, help me go through my manuscript and figure out how to make it better. And I want to be able to give that back to someone else. I love that. I love that you're giving back in that way. What do you think is the biggest support or type of support that one writer can give to another? I think it really depends on the writers. So Jamie and I are in the same genre. So we're great at like exchanging work back and forth, you know, because we can, we understand what our genre norms are and we can say, hey, this is not working or hey, we need more suspense or nothing happened in this chapter. Whereas one of my other writing friends, Sarah, she writes book club slash women's fiction, so to say. And so while she does read my books, some of the best support that we provide each other are just texting each other and complaining about what, you know, just needing to vent sometimes about whatever's going on, whether it's personal or in publishing or whatever else. So I think it just depends on the people. And and on that subject, you know, you're in this thriller genre. What brought you to this genre of writing? And do you think you'll, I know you have a, a second book out already that is of that same thriller genre. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of your space? Yeah. So I love thrillers. I, my first couple of books that were before I got an agent that have never been published that will never see the light of day because <laughs> I just couldn't let anyone look at them. They were more of like contemporary fantasy, but that genre was not selling well when I was writing it. Uh, and I kind of was trying to understand what I could be doing differently. And I realized that I really loved reading thrillers and I was like, oh, maybe I could even write one. And then I started thinking about it and my contemporary fantasies were actually thrillers. They were just thrillers in like a contemporary fantasy setting. So I was like, okay, I'm going to shift into this. And I mean, it took some work. I had to read a lot of thrillers and kind of better understand what the genre norms were, but I love that it is like a puzzle and that I know the reader is trying to figure out like how to unpuzzle it, but I'm trying to like piece the puzzle together in such a way it will be hard to unpuzzle it. And it's on top of just the writing, it's its own challenge. And that just like gets my brain going in a way that nothing else does. Yeah. You know, I think someday I will probably write a book in another genre, but I suspect it will be in addition not instead of with writing thrillers, because I, I love writing my thrillers. And I've always wanted to know this. So then for those that write thrillers, what kind of movies do you go see? Do you also enjoy watching like thrillers as well? Or does that not align? Well, I have a four-year-old, so I haven't been to see a movie in a very long time. But you wrote a book. Yeah. You wrote a couple. I wrote it. Well, I do that instead (laughs) of watching TV and movies. (laughs) There's not a lot of free time. I I am thinking of what I watch on Netflix before bed when I have a few minutes. I like a little bit of everything though. Sometimes it's nice to have something very different. Like I just watched Gilmore Girls for the first time ever and I just finished it and I'm so sad it's over, <laughs> which is like the total opposite of a thriller. But there's another show, it's called Sex Life. I don't know if you've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's like kind of a thriller, but like a sexy thriller. And that's really fun. And it's a little different. So I don't know. Sometimes it's nice to give my brain a break from the thriller space, but then sometimes it can be really inspiring. So all of the above. Yeah. <laughs> so jumping back into your acknowledgements, tell me about Evie Hughes, an entirely unexpected writing friend and critique partner. 
Yeah. So Evie and I worked together. So I'm also a nurse and I was training to be a nurse practitioner. I I finished my degree, but then COVID hit and then I got an agent and started, you know, I got a publishing deal. So while I have my degree, I'm not using it. She was my first, not my first, but one of my first mentors when I was getting my degree. So like when I was going into the hospital and working in the unit as a nurse practitioner to really understand how to do that. She was one of the first nurse practitioners who was working with me. And that was years ago. That was like before my daughter was born, before I started writing again. And then, so I like finished my time working with her. And then a couple of years after that, I had joined a writing group and she randomly was in that writing group. And we had both just kind of gotten back to writing. And it was just funny because we'd worked together for like almost a year, you know, just as like nurse practitioners. And I knew that she read books, but we didn't really talk a lot about writing. And, you know, years later we were writing together and being critique partners together. And, you know, sadly Evie actually passed away last year, but she was just like this magical force. And she just always had the funniest comments. And my third book, which is out this coming June is actually dedicated to her because I know she would have just like loved it. Like the, it's more of like a medical domestic suspense thriller and she would have really enjoyed it. I think. I love that you dedicated it to her and thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. In your acknowledgments, you also talk about mom's writer club. So tell me about that. So in March of 2020, COVID had just hit. I had just moved cross country because my husband's in the military. And like three days after we arrived in San Antonio, Texas, the city shut down and I had an 18 month old. And my husband is working 80 hours a week. So it was just like a very, I mean, it was hard for all of us and very isolating for all of us. We were also somewhere new and we didn't know anyone. And, you know, all day, every day with an 18 month old gets very difficult at times. And I posted on Twitter and I had like 18 followers at the time. <laughs> like I didn't really know how to do Twitter very well yet. <clears throat> and I just said, I wish there was like a, there's this thing called 5am writers club for people who wake up early and write at 5am. I was yeah. like, I wish there was like a 5am writers club, but for moms who are like writing late at night after the kids have gone to bed or like random nap times. And it got like a huge response, like a thousand responses like replies and reposts. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm not the only one who feels this way. So it started pretty informally, like just using our hashtag, which is Moms Writers Club. And now we do chats every other Wednesday night. When when I can find the time to host them, we have like writing sprints. And it's just this group of mostly moms. We have like an occasional uncle or grandparent and anyone's welcome who's kind and respectful. And we just gather and we actually mostly talk about writing, not being moms or caregivers, because I think we do so much of that already. But at the same time, it's nice to be able to post like, my kid is sick. There's no way I'm going to get through edits on time and like have people who really understand where you're coming from. I love that so much. And it's so timely in my head because I'm listening to Jesse Klein's book, I'll See My Way Out. Mm -hmm. It's all about kind of these secret lives of moms, that, yes. you know, things that people aren't talking about. Yes. And it's kind of, you know, my kids are a little more grown now, but it's bringing me back to that time of young kids and how you do anything else, much re- less write a book. So yeah. I think that's so amazing that you've created this space. I think sometimes it's about just finding your community. 
finding people that are going through the same thing. Yeah. It's been really helpful. We've had, it. it's not only like a support group, but it's good to like find a critique partner. Who's also a mom and who just kind of knows what's going on with you. So yeah, yeah. it's been a, a very unexpected, but fantastic group. And now you said you have a four-year-old. She's grown up a little bit. Yeah. How is it writing, being an author with a four-year-old in the house? Um, well, it depends on the day. It's really cute when she says, mom, I'm going to be an author just like you. Aww. Or she like saw my book at the library. She's like, it's your book. You know, those are really fun moments. She does go to preschool now for a few hours, a few times a week. So that's been really nice just to have that space at home alone with no one talking to me <laughs> but it can be challenging you know like she dropped her nap she she napped until she was like four years and three months and it was like the the best writing time and she just dropped that a few months ago so that's a little painful but I mean it just means that I have to arrange my life a little differently I wake up early and write I write while she's at preschool we've kind of established this quiet time thing instead of her naps now where she understands that mom is working and that that is a time where she needs to be working like on Legos or whatever makes her happy that day. And, and I actually think that's a really good thing for her because she sees me doing something that's important to me. And also, you know, she kind of learns some boundaries in that as well. So it's been really positive for us for the most part, but I'm not going to lie. There are days where I'm like, listen, I love you, but please go find something to do or (laughs) you know what, have your iPad for an hour, you know, cause I have to get through edits. So it varies a lot, but I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. sounds like it's a, a balancing act, yes. like so many other things. Mm-hmm. So along with your acknowledgements, you also had a letter from Jessica towards the end of the book, which I loved to see. It was such a treat in a way to see a, a letter to the reader. So yeah. how did that come about? Um, So this is something my publisher does, actually. They encourage authors to write letters to the reader. And I just think it's the coolest thing. I think in my second book, actually, I think I actually talk about how cool it is that I get to write a letter to the reader. And I just, oh, I wish I'd like, and I know that like if one of my favorite authors or a book I read, if there was a letter to the reader in the end, how excited I would be about that. But man, the pressure behind it, like, wait, I'm supposed to write a letter to the reader? What do I say? So but it was fun. I'm glad I got to. And it's cool because beyond the acknowledgements, you can give the reader some insight into your book or what inspired it or like anything you want. So yeah, I think it's fantastic. I, I loved it for the same reason. And it's funny at the beginning, you know, you do say you're both excited and nervous about it. I always feel like for authors, I'm like, it must be so much pressure to do the acknowledgements, but then probably a different level of pressure to write this letter. Yes. Um, the letter's actually yeah. to the reader. Yes. Yes. And, you know, a few things that popped out to me about it is you mentioned your mom writing poetry, writing letters, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, the influence of that. And then you also write about really your your inspiration about a young woman. In this case, you're writing about, you know, Noelle and, and her challenges as a character. So I, I'm interested to hear more about that and that inspiration really for, for this young woman who was your character, but your kind of want for her to come out of the situation she was in. Yes. So Noelle is in like a pretty, as I kind of mentioned before, like compromised situation. And 
for me, it felt very personal because I think a lot of women find themselves in that kind of situation. And I think those situations can sneak up on you when I was in my twenties. And this is kind of mentioned in the letter. I, I believe I was in a relationship that started out incredibly well. You know, he was charming. He was someone who took life seriously, who was doing all the right things, you know, all the things that you're kind of told to look for in a spouse or a partner. So, you know, I thought, I thought that was it. Like I got engaged to this person, but things just started kind of adding up. And I realized one day we were engaged that I was dreading the idea of planning a wedding. And I realized that that was a big problem, (laughs) you know, and you get so busy with life that sometimes you don't realize that until you're really put on the spot. So this book was not about me. Noel is not me, but I took some of the emotions and experiences from what I went through and what I realized when I was writing this book, how bad that relationship actually had gotten, but, but it kind of creeps up on you. You don't realize it. And I put them into Noel, you know, this young woman in a new city who ultimately is just looking for someone she feels safe with and looking for a partner and, you know, doesn't want to be alone, but also doesn't want to be with the wrong person. And yeah, I just, I felt the need to put that in a book and it ended up being this book. And when I first envisioned this character, I knew that she was trapped in a relationship and I knew that she was going to somehow get kidnapped to get out of it. And that's kind of where everything began and it spun out from there. But I think a lot of women, young and middle-aged and quote-unquote old can identify with feeling trapped and feeling like they want to get out and not always feeling safe. I've actually had several readers reach out to me and thank me for writing this book and for writing a character. Well, I can't give too much away about what happens, but you know, and that's been really great because I, I didn't even realize what I was doing with this book until it was written. Yeah. And I, and I think what showed through with the the characters even was was kind of showing some of the issues around power and control and I think yeah. that that came out really well in, in kind of showing those parts of a toxic relationship so yeah. I'm glad you were able to share that story and thank you for for sharing your own experience as well yeah of course and now I follow you on Instagram and I've been seeing that you know there's mutterings of this book to come out. So you said it's coming out in June. Is that right? It is. Yeah. So I'm really excited about this next book. It is being, the title is The Good Doctor and it's coming out June 14th. And my editor, she read it and she's like, I love it. It's like Grey's Anatomy, but with murder. And I was like, (laughs) I like that. Yeah. I was like, that is so (laughs) fantastic. Let's just call it that Grey's Anatomy, but with murder. (laughs) It's a really fun book. It has, it's largely like based in like a medical hospital type setting, kind of like Grey's Anatomy, but it is about a woman named Chloe and she has a bit of a past, but it's all behind her and she's engaged to be married to her wonderful fiance and they've moved to a new city and they have bought a house and they have new jobs. They've been travel nursing prior to this. So they're like getting permanent positions somewhere new. And they're talking about getting a dog, maybe having a baby after they get married, that kind of thing. And she's just like got her whole life ahead of her, but she walks into the first day at her new job, looks across the room and it is none other than her 
ex-husband. And this is not just any ex-husband. This is an ex-husband with a deep, dark secret. And she knows it. And she comes to the slow realization that she's pretty sure that she didn't just happen to get this new job, that he set her up to get it, to reel her in to him. So lots of cat and mouse games ensue, and she decides that she has to get close to him in order to prove like the bad thing that he did, to get rid of him once and for all, only to realize she still kind of loves him a little bit, and gosh, that makes things complicated. (laughs) So anyway, I won't say any more about it. It's a great book. It's called The Good Doctor. It's out June 14th, and I hope everyone enjoys it. Well, now I'm curious about it, so... (laughs) I was ready for you to keep telling me the story. (laughs) (laughs) So you have to read the book. (laughs) And then you have another book already out as well. I believe that came out. Was that earlier this year or end of last year? September last year. I had two books come out kind of close together and it's called The Lucky One. Just a a brief synopsis of that. I I had listened to this podcast about a woman who tricked her would-be serial killer into letting her go. And I always thought that that was just like the most amazing, like just such a badass thing. Like I recognize that she's traumatized for the rest of her life for what happened to her. But at the same time, I have so much respect for, you know, she tricked the serial killer into letting her go. And I always wondered like, well, who would that person become? So my book, it's called The Lucky One, is about a woman who tricks her would-be serial killer into letting her go. And that's a decade ago. And now 10 years later, she realizes that, Maybe she hasn't escaped him after all. In fact, he has probably been pretty close to her this whole time. And she's a professional mixed martial artist because she decided that she was not going to let anyone ever make her a victim again after what happened to her. And she has a group of friends and they're trying to figure out what happened. Or I'm sorry, who the the serial killer who has returned actually is because it's clearly someone close to them. And anyway, it's a, it's a really fun, exciting, fast moving book. And I like how in, in that book too, it seems like there's these friendships because that was a, a part of for Noelle too. She had a, a friend and family to kind of lean on and, and all. So do you, do you find that throughout your books too, that this main character going through this challenge has people around her? Yeah. Yeah. I, I try to, I really love the concept of found family. Like that is something that has certainly been like a part of my life. You know, that sometimes the people who feel like family are not the people you're actually related to. Although I have a fantastic family as well, but yeah, I like the idea. I like that Noelle and make me disappear had people she could depend on. And there's like a bit of an ensemble class cast and the lucky one, which I had not like intended to do, but it was so fun to like write those friendships and relationships. And you find like places to insert a little bit of humor, but the fun part about a thriller is you can also make everyone look a little potentially guilty every now and then, which then it's like, no, but I love that character, you know? (laughs) And then I'm working on a fourth book right now. And it's got like quite the cast with like interesting characters. And I'm finding as I advance as a writer, like figuring out those different relationships and just messing with them and having fun is it's just a great part of writing a book. I love it. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that you'll continue writing books. It was a pleasure speaking with you, Jessica, author of Make Me Disappear. And we look forward to your next book, The Good Doctor, and keeping up with what you're, you're doing on social media. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to have gotten to speak to you today. Me too. And I look forward to reading your other acknowledgements and dedications <laughs> and letters to the readers. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for getting curious about the acknowledgements and remember to read from cover to cover. Check out the acknowledgements on Facebook, Instagram, or theacknowledgements.com. There you'll find more information on the books and authors that I talk about here.